you know we're in a year-long series on heroes. Men and women who, if we were to run a few laps with them, they would give us wisdom and insight on how to run the race of life. How many of you are here today and you would admit you need wisdom and guidance as you are running the race of life? And what a, what a better way to learn how to run the race of life than to, than to look at the heroes that God has placed in God's Word. Men and women who aren't perfect, men and women who had issues, men and women who had weaknesses and insecurities, and yet still God had a beautiful way of giving the stories in the Old Testament and the New Testament to give us wisdom on how we can run life's race. Today we're looking at Jonah, and for the next couple of weeks, in the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at some of the prophets, some of the men and women that, that, that God used to be prophets and prophetesses to, to, to speak uh, to us today, and, and, and we're going to learn from uh, the life of Jonah, and we're going to see what he would say to us today. If you're with me this morning, let, let me hear a big amen. You've got your notes, you can fill in the blanks, you've got uh, uh, inside your bulletin sermon notes you can follow along for the next few moments. I love the PC share that we shared a few minutes ago, that the cost of obedience is small compared to the cost of disobedience. Obedience is submissive compliance. Now, when I was growing up, I never ran away. I disobeyed, but I never ran away. And chances are, most of you here today, I don't think that there's a, a good chance that you're going to run away from God. But we are going to disobey. And disobeying is running away. But as a boy, I never, I never ran away, but I did disobey. My dad, uh, many of you know Jim George, who was pastor here at Pine Castle for many years and uh, served 50, 60 years in the Assemblies of God, and his last church was in the United Methodist uh, Church here at Pine Castle in Geneva. Many of you know my dad. He had a ritual on Saturday morning that I hated. And the ritual was not reading the Bible. The ritual was mowing the yard and washing the cars. And I couldn't go out to fish or play until those two chores were accomplished on Saturday morning. Now, I wish it would have been about 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., but my dad's goal was to be up sharp at 7 a.m. And, and, and mowing the grass by 7.30 he was very, very particular in both of our houses at 1816 Rock Lake Drive in downtown Orlando and 5101 Andrea Boulevard. And, and, and uh, he made sure that when I cut the grass that he was going to be there to oversee it. And he stayed in the driveway facing west and he would make sure that when I would go back and forth that I was going straight about an inch and a half overlapping on each lap. 
And he would stand there in the driveway, and of course, I was doing the manual work. And I would go back, and on my way up and then my way back, he would judge me according to how good I was doing and how straight I was. And he would do it by, you know, going like this. You're a half inch off, Scott. You're, you're a quarter inch off. And when I went to, you know, more than an inch, he really got frustrated. And I got frustrated on every lap being judged, critiqued. And after about 10 laps one Saturday morning, I'll never forget it. I pulled up to the driveway. He gave me the, you're off a quarter inch. And when I turned around, I thought, you know what? This is going to be a very unique Saturday. And I kept going west. And at the end of our yard, I decided I'd had enough. So I turned the mower off and I ran away. <laughs> All day. It wasn't a fun day. I didn't go too far, but I didn't come back. I disobeyed. I didn't do what my dad had asked me to do. And after about eight hours, I finally came home and I had to pay the, the price for my disobedience. I'm not going to tell you what happened. But chances are you and I are not going to run away from God. But we are going to disobey. And when we disobey, Jonah would tell us that the cost of obedience is, is small compared to the price that we pay when we disobey. So if Jonah were here today, if he would sit down with you at Starbucks, he would tell you, choose a life of obedience. It may be hard, it may be difficult, it may be uncomfortable, but the price you pay for disobedience is far greater than the cost you pay for obedience. So Jonah would tell us some wisdom today, and I'm going to give them to you real quickly. I believe there's five or six points that Jonah would, would speak to us today at Pine Castle to help us to obey. How many of you are here today and, and, and you want to live a life of obedience? You don't want to run away. You don't want to disobey. You want to live a life of obedience to honor Christ. This is what Jonah would say to us. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. amen. Number one, Jonah, first thing he would tell us is this, that when you run away from God, it will cost you everything. It will cost you everything. Jonah's name means dove which I think is interesting. Dove, D-O-V-E. It's in your notes. Dove is not only a symbol of the Holy Spirit, but in Jonah's case, it is a reference to in Psalms where David said, oh, that I wish I had the wings of a dove and I would fly away. See, like me, Jonah wanted to fly away. He wanted to go someplace else. God told him to go to Nineveh, which, which I know you're probably wondering, Nineveh, there's really not a, a, a meaning for Nineveh, except that it was a seat of government. It was the seat of power. 
And I want to encourage all of you here today that as believers, as Christians, if we're going to bring real change, we need to get involved and be voices in government, in politics to change our society. Can I get an amen? And God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. But Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I'm going to, I'm going to go where I want to go, and, and, and I'm going to be that dove. I'm going to fly away. I wonder if there's anyone here today that you've ever flown away, away from what God asked you to do. And it seems like we have this impression that if we disobey and we don't do what God tells us to do, that the grass is going to be greener on the other side, and it's really not going to be greener on the other side. Because Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, the Bible says he went to Tarshish. That word there, Tarshish, means beautiful gem. Hmm. It's beautiful. It's alluring. It's captivating. It shines. And Jonah was thinking, I'm going to disobey. I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to go to Tarshish because the grass is greener on the other side. And as believers, we need to be reminded today that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Tarshish has a way just like a beautiful gem, a beautiful diamond. It's very beautiful. It sparkles. It's enticing. But, but, but we need to be reminded that when we run, away from God's plan and God's destiny, we go to that city that looks beautiful. It's not always greener on the other side. Getting a divorce is not always the answer. Getting a new job is not always the answer. Making more money is not always the answer. And inside of all of us, we have that passion and that drive sometimes to, to run, to disobey, to not do what God tells us to do because the shine and the allurement of Tarshish draws us. And when we get there, we're emptier than we were before. I want to remind you today, church, that Tarshish is shiny. It's beautiful like this ring. But there's nothing more precious in this world than for you and I to obey, to live a life of obedience. And the enemy would love to lie to you and, and tell you that, that another husband, another wife, another job, a new car, a bigger house is going to fulfill you, but really true fulfillment only comes when you and I live a life of obedience. And what Jonah would say to us today is that when you run from God, it will cost you everything. And let me just add this point. It not only cost you everything, but it costs the people that are close to you everything. Your children, your grandchildren, your reputation. When you disobey, it costs you everything, but it also costs the people that are closest to you everything. You see, it's just not about you. It's about us. It's about this church. It's about this denomination. It's about being obedient to God no matter what the price is. Tarshish is tempting, but it will not bring satisfaction like obedience. Can I get an amen? 
Number two, if Jonah were with us today, he would tell us, number one, when you run away from God, it will cost you everything. Number two, he would say this, that when you run from God, God in his great love will get your attention. My dad got my attention when I disobeyed that day on 1816 Rock Lake Drive. God got Jonah's attention. The first thing that he used was the storm, the wind, the elements on the sea. He got Jonah's attention. But the second thing that, 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 that got Jonah's attention was the sailors who started to try to figure out what was going on. And then the third thing that got Jonah's attention was the whale. When you run from God, when you disobey God, when you run to Tarshish instead of Nineveh, God will always use your disobedience to get your attention. And I'm afraid that sometimes some of us, we are hard-headed. And it takes sailors, it takes the wind, it takes the waves, and it takes the whale to get our attention. God would tell us today through Jonah that when you disobey, it costs you everything. But number two, God will always try to get your attention. How many of ever had that in your life where you know you're not doing right? You know you're on the wrong path. You know you're supposed to be headed to Nineveh and you're on your way to Tarshish and that little voice inside of you or a friend that observes some things about you. What is that? That is God trying to get your attention. Jonah, don't do it. Jonah, obey. Jonah, don't give in to the allurement of Tarshish. Turn and obey. And God will use sailors. God will use whales. God will use seas. God will use preachers. God will use his word to get your attention. When you run from God, number one, it'll cost you everything. Number two, when you run from God, God will, in his great love, get your attention. Number three, quickly, if you're still with me, let me hear an amen. amen. When you run from God, Jonah would say to us, you will have to answer tough questions. You'll have to answer tough questions. And I love in Jonah, and you'll see it there in your notes, in chapter uh, 2 and 3, the sailors start asking him tough questions. And I love this about God. And by the way, God is a God who is always asking questions. It's not because he doesn't know the answer. He asks questions because he wants you to know the answer. And when you answer him, you become enlightened. And I don't know about you, but in my life, God has a way of just simply asking short, simple questions. Scott, why did you do that? Scott, why did you say that? Scott, why did you respond like that? And that is the power of the Holy Spirit using questions to help me to see my disobedience. And the Bible is filled with God asking questions. In Genesis, he asked Adam and Eve, where are you? Now, how many know that God knew where they were? <laughs> they were in the bushes. And God knew they were in the bushes. He wanted them to know they were in the bushes. So God asked a question, where are you? To Elijah, who was running from Jezebel, he asked the question, why are you here? Just a few short hours ago, Elijah, you were 
standing in front of 450 prophets, and I showed you my glory, and now you're here under a tree in depression. Why are you here? In the New Testament, God asked Saul a powerful question. Saul, why are you persecuting me? To Isaiah, he asked the question, who shall I send? To Jacob, he asked the question, what is your name? To Moses, when he was in a season of rebellion, he asked Moses, what's in your hand? And to Job, he asked the question, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? To Ezekiel, he asked the question, can these bones live? And to Jonah, God asked the questions, have you the right to be angry? When you're on the wrong path, when you're running away, when you are disobeying, look for God to ask you the tough questions. And it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants you to know the answer. And you look in your notes just quickly. The sailors begin to ask Jonah tough questions. Number one, how can you sleep? I think that's interesting. He was sleeping to escape his disobedient heart. I'm just going to crawl up in a blanket with a soft pillow. I'm going to try to sleep this off. But the sailors asked him a tough question. How can you sleep? And there could be people here today in this auditorium and watching online that your coping mechanism as you're living in your disobedience is to sleep it off. And God would ask you the question, why are you sleeping? In verse 8, you'll see, they ask another question. Tell us who's responsible for all this trouble. Number three, what do you do? Number four, where do you come from? Number five, what is your country? Number six, what people are you? Number seven, what have you done? Number eight, what should we do to make the sea calm down? God has a beautiful way of asking tough questions. Number four, when you are running from God, not only will God ask you tough questions, but I love this, in your darkest moment, grace will shine brightly. In your darkest moment. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, when Jonah was in the whale, in the belly of a whale, he cried out to God. I love that. In his darkest moment. Now, I know what fish smell like. In fact, I caught three this week, glory to God. And that smell was on my hands for hours. Imagine being Jonah in the belly of a whale, and in his darkest moment, he cried out to God. What was that? That was grace shining beautifully in his darkest moment. When I read that, and I wrote that down, and I turned in these, these notes for you to, to have and to look at and to hold on to, hopefully, I was reminded of John Newton. The sailor called Blasphemous John. 
The sailors hated him. His dad hated him. He was mean. He was vulgar. He cursed. No one liked him. And John was a slave trader going back and forth from America to the coast of Africa importing slaves. The story says that John became so violently sick that the sailors hated him. His dad hated him. Everyone hated him. And they stuck him down in the bottom of the ship where the slaves took care of him and brought him back to health. He had a radical encounter when he saw one of his friends go overboard and die, and he miraculously gave his life to Christ and became an advocate in England against slavery. It was John Newton in his darkest moments when he was in the belly of a whale that he penned the words, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. How many of you are grateful today that when you disobey, when you run away, in your darkest moments, grace will always be there to shine brightly? That's what Jonah would tell us. Bruce, if you'll come up to the keyboard. Number five, Jonah would say this to us today real quickly, that, that when you run away from God, the God of grace will give you a second chance. Second chance. Look what it says in Jonah chapter 3, verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Everyone say second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to the message I give you. And I love this. And Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Why? Because God, when you run, when you disobey, is a God of grace, and he will always give you a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. In my case, 70 times 7 chance. Because that's the kind of God we serve, a God of grace. I want to tell you what happened to me this week. We've only got a few more minutes. and, and, and Maybe you know that uh, Tammy and I flew up to Atlanta to uh, see our son Austin. And he's coming home this Wednesday. I'm flying up Wednesday to pick him up, and then we're going to a family wedding, and he's going to be home, and so we're really excited about that. But um, these past two years, my heart has been softened, and I've been filled with grace that I didn't know I had. So Tammy and I fly to Atlanta, and we get on the, on the MARTA. Now listen. I've traveled all over the world, all over the world. Bruce and I have been all over the world together ministering, Lisa, all over the world. What happened to me on Thursday traveling was something that I had never encountered in my life ever. Tammy and I get on MARTA, which is the, the, the subway for Atlanta, and we take it up to Buckhead, and then we... Amanda picked us up. We went to go see Austin. And, and, and I sat down, minding my business, and right behind me, suddenly, a young woman with a, with a seven-year-old daughter sat 
right behind me. And she was loud, and she was obnoxious, and she was on the phone cursing like John Newton. Loud. Carrying on a conversation where the whole train could hear what was going on. And she was right behind me, and she was so loud, and I tried to, tried to ignore it, but she talked louder, and the things that she was saying was just unimaginable. Talking to somebody about going and getting high on crack and, and, and just cursing every other sentence, and, and, and all I did was kind of turn around because I was just kind of taken back by the vulgarity and the conversation that she was having, but most importantly, in front of a seven-year-old little girl. Can I just take a short little rabbit chase here just for a moment? If you have a cell phone, nobody wants to hear your conversation. Step outside the room. Be considerate of other people and don't talk loudly where everybody and anyone can hear your conversation. That was a public service announcement. I'm Scott George. I'm here to help you today. I was shocked by what I was hearing. And I promise you, all I did was just turn around because I was so taken back by it. And this lady went ballistic on us. For 15 minutes, she cursed. It was the most obnoxious, vile words. Other people were laughing about it. And here Tammy and I was just sitting there, and I thought she was going to attack me from behind. And all I kept thinking about was that poor little seven-year-old girl. Now, I'm telling you, a few years ago, that had really upset me. I'd have really gotten mad. I would have, at the very least, confronted her. And, 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 but you know what I did? As she was reaming us out for 15 minutes straight, louder than what I'm talking right now, the only thing I could think of is, God, I give her grace. God, I forgive her. God, I release her into your hands. I was more thinking about that poor little seven-year-old girl who's had to deal with that probably her entire life. But the God of grace welled up inside of me, and it didn't affect me. It didn't, it didn't get me angry. It didn't get me upset. I was filled with love. I was filled with grace. I prayed for her and that little girl. And I'm not saying that to, 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 to imply that I'm great because there's so many times that I'm not. My point is this. As believers, Jonah would say to us today, there is grace available for you and it's amazing grace. And if you receive that amazing grace, give that grace away to others freely. Don't get mad. Don't get offended. Don't get upset. 
release the grace of God into that person's life. And I don't know who that woman is. I don't know who that little girl is today. But I'm praying for her that the grace of God that rescued John Newton, a slave trader, is the same grace that's available to save her and you. It's amazing grace. How sweet the sound. And then number five quickly, number six quickly, as we close. God would remind you that when you run away from him, that he will use your story, your testimony for his glory. Don't let your disobedience, don't let your running away ever go to waste. Because when you disobey, when you run, the God of grace can turn the situation around and he will use your story for his glory. Listen, you have a testimony. And the testimony needs to be shared. And Jonah's testimony was, guys, I blew it. Guys, I disobeyed. Guys, I got a Lord with the gem of Tarshish, and I ran to the other side thinking that the grass was going to be greener, and it wasn't. But God saved me and rescued me and gave me a second chance. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Use your disobedience and your running away as an opportunity to use it as your testimony to give God glory. And every testimony has a test. You can't have a testimony without a test. And God will use your story, your weakness, your failings, your disobedience as a way to reveal the grace of God, share it with anybody and everybody, and allow your testimony to give God all the glory. That's what Jonah would tell us today. I want you to stand across the auditorium as we close today from a uh, beautifully emotional service. I want to thank John for an incredible presentation of God's grace. Oh, and by the way, there's people in our church, there's people watching that have been terribly impacted by the crisis of opioids. They're sitting in our pews. They're sitting right next to us. They lost a brother. They lost a son. They lost a granddaughter. They lost a friend. And it's God's grace that is able to help us and help them discover the beautiful mercy and love of God. It's available for us today. Now listen, this is what I want you to leave with today as we close. This week, in the next seven days, God's going to bring somebody into your life, somebody into your path, and he wants you to use your experience, your pain, your hurt, your heartache, your disobedience as a way to illustrate that God is gracious even when we disobey. Be looking for it. Let's take our eyes off of ourselves 
and let's put them on other people. And as we are encountering people at the shopping mall, at Publix, at work, in the neighborhood, let's allow the testimony of God's grace, our failures, our weaknesses, our insecurities to be used as a way to give God all the glory. That's what Jonah would say to us today on our race of life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that when we run, that you're running with us. We're not running alone. You're with us, and you're working in our heart, in our lives, to be disciples that are obedient. God, help us when we disobey. Help us when we run. Help us to hear your small, still voice that speaks grace and mercy and kindness to us. Turn us around from the allure of Tarshish and get us back to Nineveh, the seat of government that we can influence and change and speak hope into hopeless situations. Use our disobedience as a way to give you the glory because, God, your, your grace is amazing, it's sweet, and we're grateful for it today. Thank you for the story of Jonah that gives us hope, gives us healing, it gives us meaning to life, and we're grateful for that today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God give you the ability and the sensitivity to use your story, your testimony, as a means of giving glory to God for other people. In Jesus' name. Now, before we leave, just a moment. If you're here today and you're running away, you're being disobedient in an area, you don't have to leave today with that hopelessness hanging over you. I'm going to I'm going to stay at the front for a few moments. I just kind of sense that there's somebody here today, you're, you're running, and you're living in disobedience. I want to pray with you and introduce you to the God of grace that's available to help us in our times of disobedience when we run and get us back on track. So if you're here today, uh, don't leave without coming forward, and we'll pray for you. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.